Welcome to Unraveled Podcast. I'm Bridget. And I'm Mackenzie. This is the place where we unravel all the things on our hearts. Laughter, tears, and real talk are all invited. Here we go. Hey, sis. He says, happy Friday night. Only we Happy would be Friday. It. I got my Marg and I feel like we're having like a girl's night. We are. I made a watermelon slushie. Have you done this yet? No, but I saw your Instagram and it looks delicious. Okay. It's frozen chunks of watermelon, little water so you don't ruin your blender, some lime juice, basil, and mint, and a dash of maple syrup if you'd like, which oh, I do. It's so God. good and so refreshing. And we could add a little tequila or something. That you literally know. sounds like a drink that I would order. You That's and Johnny would love it. And I think you should make it. Well, I made a margarita with this spicy lemonade from Trader Joe's. Ooh. And it literally tastes like a spicy marg from a restaurant. Oh. I'm like never going to order one again because this is so much cheaper to make it from home. Like Mad Dog st- status? Yes, like Mad Dogs. <laughs> those are the best. For those of you non-New Yorkers who don't know Mad Dogs, um, it is the best Mexican, I think. Me too. In New York. And it is on Stone Street in Financial District. Yep. Amen. Go there. And Ken's and I lived there across the street and we frequented it many times for margarita. <laughs> for the queso and the margarita. <laughs> We'll just say that. <laughs> we'll just say that. Oh, that's funny. Oh my gosh. So well, what are we talking about today, B? Well, I think for a while we have, well, first of all, super exciting news, guys. Get ready for weekly episodes with Ken's and I, because now that our schedules are more in sync, we are <laughs> so excited to be way more consistent with Unraveled Podcast. So we've had a running list of a lot of things that we've been wanting to talk about. And one of those things that we just couldn't put off any longer was um, imposter syndrome because um, we're kind of all experiencing it in different ways right now. Our husbands are, we are individually. So we wanted to share a couple of those stories and then just open up a dialogue um, that hopefully will resonate with some of you guys too about like why do we experience imposter syndrome, whether it's um, professionally, in relationships, um, or even with a personal goal that we have. Why do we experience this? And then um, how can we pull faith into it to be able to overcome it? Yeah, I love that. When you said our schedules were more in sync. I thought you were going to say they are more insane because <laughs> they are that too. <laughs> well, As our schedules are more insane, we are getting together <laughs> weekly for more podcasts. <laughs> because that makes so much sense. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. I love that. Well, Bridget sh- shared with me, uh, you guys, what imposter syndrome was um, about two years ago. I think, is it, um, was it one of the guys you heard at a conference, maybe Brandon Burchard? Was it him or was it another guy? I mean, a lot of people talk about it, but yeah, it probably was Brendan Bruchard. Mm-hmm. He definitely talks about it. Um, and then, I mean, Ed Milet. I mean, a lot of a lot of those, the whole professional development circle definitely talks about it. Um, but I had never really thought about it until yeah. I actually started to like read literature and consume content about it, and I realized that I definitely have had this in my life before. Yeah. What, what about you? Well, I, I had never heard of it until you told me about a year ago when we were doing COVID combos and <laughs> remember that. And um, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. It's 
in my life. It's in so many people's lives. And I shared it with my husband, Colin, and, and he, he was nice for him to be able to put some of his feelings and doubts and fears to a phrase. Um, so, okay. To, for anyone who doesn't know kind of this phenomenon, basically what it is in a nutshell is whatever it has like recently popped up in your life, whether it's like a new um, endeavor or a promotion or something like that, something has made you feel like a fraud. So you, something happens and it triggers this reaction in you where you are, you begin to doubt your accomplishments um, despite the evidence, despite the facts behind your life or people telling you that you've done something really well um, or accomplished something, um, you don't believe that you deserve it. You don't believe that success has come to you and you're deserving of it um, and that you believe that the good things that have recently happened to you are only happening to you because of luck and good timing. Wow. So – um, I offline before we started the episode, we kind of were going back and forth about times in our life that we have experienced this. Um, and I definitely, I feel like every, every new job or endeavor, I've definitely had this to a degree, but mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever had it as intense as, um, deciding to leave full-time work like forever yeah. and to just like work on my own passion projects and to start my own LLC and my own business, um, helping brands and working with, um, small businesses and companies on marketing, um, projects. And I just, it's been like two weeks now and I'm getting clients, like people are interested in the work, but it still feels like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be found out. Like I don't I, – <laughs> no one should trust me with my own schedule. What What are people doing? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and then we also talked about this too that um, Johnny actually just found out that he got into um, business school. And he has been super – like I was like, oh my gosh. I was like crying. I was so excited. <laughs> and he was just kind of like, oh my I, – I feel like I slept. He kept saying these negative – things like mm. so he didn't make it the first round he got in off the wait list and so that definitely messed with him he was like I don't deserve it like I I slipped under the cracks like mm. I got in at the last minute and I was just like why why would you say that about yourself like God wanted this for mm -hmm. you you worked so hard for this you put in like eight re letters of recommendation mm. and you called that dang office every week until they gave you an answer to the point where I was like honey, maybe you should chill out a little. Like maybe you didn't get it. And he was like, no, I'm going to keep calling them. So they remember my name. Yeah. And, um, so he did deserve it because he, he was so persistent. Mm -hmm. You know, he was so faithful. He didn't apply to any other school. He really wanted UVA Darden business school. And, um, so I'm just so proud of him, but, but it has sparked so many conversations late at night where we both realize that doubt is a real thing and imposter syndrome is totally a real thing. Totally. What about you guys? Yeah, I just, it's definitely from the evil one and he wants to take us down. And it's, I think it can be found in conversation too. Like when someone compliments you mm -hmm. or um, mm -hmm. calls you out on your giftedness um, and 
you know, speaks life into those places or says, hey, would you do this for me? You're so good at this or says things like, you're so funny. You should do that more. Or you're so hospitable. You should do this more. Like calls out your beautiful charisms, your spiritual gifts, all these things. And you immediately shut it down or change the subject or worse say, no, uh, not me. Like I'm not good enough. And I think that is, um, not good for anybody. I don't think it's good for the person who's complimenting you. And I don't think it's good for you. We should own our worth and mm-hmm. um, know that we are given these unique individual gifts. And there's a bunch of quotes lately about, well, Colin and I were actually just talking about wealth and like success and all these things. And you don't have to be the smartest person in the room mm-hmm. to be successful. And I think that's a new phenomenon in the last five mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. because I think we all think we need to have the best grades in high school and, and, you know, college and, you know, all these things that, you know, maybe we weren't even ready for. And I've noticed, and we joked with Johnny on the phone when we were congratulating him, B, we were like, um, no, if we could all go back to school at this age when we know we want it, right. And we know that we are, you know, strong enough in our work yes. where they are, like, we know we would kill it. I joke about that with acting school all the time. When I went to acting school, I was barely 18 years old. I had no life experience. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing is I think we think it all has to be on paper. Like I did this, this, and this. How about you look at your life and everything you've been through and pull from that? That's where we can find kind of where God is calling us to and use our gifts that only we have. And so I think we definitely experienced it. Colin does in his, his job now with striker, he's only been in it for a year and he's doing great. And, and you just, you almost don't believe it. Sometimes yeah. you feel undeserving. I'll, I think it comes to that too. Like, who am I to deserve this? Well, you know what? All four of us have been through a lot. So yes. God wants to bless you know, these lives and there's nothing wrong with that, you know? And it feels, I don't know if it feels this way for you guys, but sometimes to me, it feels like riding a wave. And I was trying to explain it to Johnny. Like, I think that the success comes when like you step out in faith and it feels really uncomfortable and people can label Mm -hmm. that as imposter syndrome if they want or doubt or whatever. And you kind of acknowledge the feeling and you keep going and you're like, okay, I feel really weak. This feels, is this feels fraudulent. um, Yes. And it also feels, um, it doesn't feel safe and this is new and it feels, um, very like unknown to me, but it's almost like, okay, like we just stepped through the door, like what's next. And like always going Mm -hmm. to that, what is next with excitement rather than like fear. And I've caught myself, um, so many times, like a work friend of Johnny's um, was dropping something off and he said, um, he asked me like what I do or something. And I'm like, oh, I actually just quit my job and I'm like starting my own business. And he goes, well, welcome to like the most loneliest career that you'll ever have because like being an <laughs> entrepreneur is like so lonely. And wow. he said something like he and his wife have a business on the side and he said, um, oh, you're going to question yourself every day. And Mm -hmm. I've thought about that. I'm like, okay, well, that was kind of like a negative way that he said it. But I will say it's true. Like you do question – it's almost like 
you don't really have anyone else to bounce things off of, mm-hmm. so just you. And But I think that's a good thing because mm-hmm. it really challenges you to get to the root of your own insecurities, the root of your own mm-hmm. fears. And like, okay, why does that scare me to be the only person in charge? Like why is it easier for me to take – orders from someone mm-hmm. that it mm-hmm. is to just do my idea. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been wrestling with a lot has been like, what is like, what is holding me back from just going for the thing that I've always had on my heart as opposed to always be in a supporter role, right. which, you know, too, I mean, when we were on set, we would work with these huge names, right? And mm-hmm. so for anyone like new to our podcast, Ken's and I worked in production for many years and we worked with directors and producers and actors, very famous actors that all of you guys would know. And it was always in a supporting role. We were like, how can we make your job better? How can we get you to your mountaintop? And it's been recent years that I've been like, okay, like this is the time. Like we need to get ourselves to our mountaintop. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Why, like, why, what is it? Like, why do we minimize our accomplishments and why are we so afraid of our own success? I I do believe that. I think we're afraid. Now, I don't even know if we're afraid of failure because to be honest with you, I fail every day. I fail as a mom. I fail as a wife. I fail as a friend. Like failure is in our nature. Like we're going to mess up and we know this. So this is nothing new. I think we're really afraid of making it <laughs> like yeah, and, yeah. And doing the best that we possibly can. And I think the Bible talks about it a lot. And um, you look at the saints and they always point any success, any beauty that they have, any goodness, any truth back to him. Mm-hmm. It's not from them. And I think if we, I think it's so much, it'll be so much easier to accomplish these things. We, we desire so deep in our hearts if we if we point it all to him and we say, well, this was a gift because everything is a gift. Every darn thing that comes our way, every success is grace from him. So I think if we change the narrative in our heads and say, I have to do this because I have to glorify God and bring people to the kingdom, I think that would I think that would change some things. Mm hmm. Um, I found a pretty good um, list of things to avoid um, in order to um, kind of steer clear of this imposter syndrome that we're talking about. And so the first one says, um, don't compare yourself to others. Imposter syndrome can easily spark a tendency to compare ourselves to someone else. Comparison will make you feel inferior And the way of thinking is toxic in every way, shape, or form because it does not benefit moving forward in any way. And so I think that's so true because a lot of times what I do is I'll look at someone's success and I have no idea how long it took them to get there. I have no idea how many years they worked on that. I'm just looking at their finish line and I'm comparing like their finish line to my start. And I think Instagram does that in a a very sad specific way. Like (laughs) I I just need to probably take a step back in a lot of ways in terms of consuming because you can Mm -hmm. look at people and think, oh my gosh, like they have every facet of their life figured out. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm just getting started in that area. And so I think that's where these apps can be very um, destructive in terms of progress. 
totally that that app is a definite <laughs> a definite setback in many ways i love what you said though b like we don't know where they are in the process we don't know how many long nights they've stayed up and also you're when we do that we are discounting everything we've done that has nothing to do with the dream we are raising families we have traveled all over the country we've followed our husbands we've supported we've you know supported our families all of these things just go away when you start comparing yourself to other people who have a story that has nothing like ours exactly so, i love that you said that that's um, good one beautiful quote from francis of assisi that i just came across in this like secular article from like ink magazine and the they seculars love him I know, right? And so they quoted him saying, start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible, and suddenly you'll be doing the impossible, which I love. Um, Instead of just like trying to be everything and to be good at everything on day one, like just do whatever you possibly can that day. And then the next day you'll be able to do more. And then the next day you'll be able to do more. And you'll turn around one day and be like, oh my gosh, I did all of that. Wow. But I feel like we have been talking about that a lot recently, Be like just chipping away, poco a poco. There's there's a podcast called Poco a Poco. It's the Franciscan uh, Renewal, the Friars, and they talk about that. And that means little by little. That's yes. all we have, just little by little. I love that. <laughs> and we chip away. And and what's what does Corinthians say? It's the verse we all know. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So it's not about us, you know, Mm -hmm. it's so much more than that. I love that. And also like that, to me, that verse says like, even in the weak moments, like just kind of also offering that up. Like I, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to humble myself, Lord. Like I don't know how to do this. Like maybe Mm -hmm. I don't know how to get an LLC. And so I'm Googling (laughs) a hundred different things. And next thing you know, paying like $300 when I probably could have found something cheaper. But I'm like, (laughs) I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm just going to admit that and like move on because it's like week two. So why would I know everything I'm doing? And we oh. can't. And we fake it till we make it. But everybody does. That's the, exactly. the thing. Everyone does. And you reminded me before we even started this podcast, like a great example too of this is our retreats. Ugh. Because yeah. Like, and that's, that's a testament to like, it's really important to write down. Like I do, I don't journal as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. I used to journal before kids a lot, but, um, I think the benefit of journaling or even writing things like accomplishments down, it sounds lame, but you forget what you've done and yes. you forget that like you do these cool things in life and then you have one hard day where you're like, I'm bad at everything. <laughs> you forget that like you worked for a famous person or mm-hmm. you like launched a retreat mm-hmm. like with knowing nothing about doing that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's so easy to get down on yourself in the day to day because like emotions are fleeting. But if you have somewhere that you can write down little achievements and not in a prideful or boastful way, it's more of like reminding yourself like mm-hmm. what God has blessed you with and what he's going to continue to bless you with. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And you've told me that with the testimony thing to be like, um, I think it was last year you, you were, you were in a Bible study or a group and they really uh, made, made it an important thing to really own your testimony. Mm -hmm. So I think that goes hand in hand with journaling your accomplishments because the testimony is the best part. Like your whole story unfolding before your eyes, but you're so right. We have to like make the time for that to really sit with our thoughts, sit with God in prayer and ask him, Lord, can you, first of all, thank you for all these blessings that I'm so selfishly forgetting (laughs) and let me write them all out because then you can see how far you've come. Like I just think of us as, you know, kids in high school. I am, I don't want to be like, I'm a new person, but I am a, I am very different than I was 10 years ago. It's not even a question. And why is that? You know, and a lot of things happen in your life that mold you and, and God is with you through all of it. And so I think those beautiful successes and high points and low seasons, they all go hand in hand somehow. Well, I I think you're absolutely right. And the reason why I think like at the retreats that we've been doing, the talks are so powerful because these Mm. women don't just share their worldly accomplishment. They also share their testimony woven into that accomplishment. And like you said, it is, it does go hand in hand because where we have come from a place of brokenness or woundedness, whatever our story is, that can also be a place of imposter syndrome. Because like, for example, if you come from a broken family, let's say, and then you have your own kids, like we're not just talking about imposter syndrome with professional endeavors. Like Mm -hmm. you can have imposter syndrome as a mother. You Mm -hmm. can have imposter syndrome as a wife or a husband, because if you come from a background where let's say like, for example, with my parents, like they had a very like painful divorce. And so there have been times in my own marriage where I've had to step aside and be like, wait a second, like my family, like my marriage is good. Like my family is good. And, Mm -hmm. you know, our situation is good, even though I came from a harder story, like my story can be rewritten. And I think that's true for all of us. Like, I think you mentioned pregnancy too, like with Mm -hmm. about like leading up to expecting Mm -hmm. like with labor and everything, like maybe you could go into that, like the feeling of getting closer and closer to that. And you know, you've done it before, but there Mm -hmm. is still that fear. Totally. Yeah. I, I think that's so good to acknowledge like what, where we come from be and, and how our story can change too. And I love that what you said, because, you know, the enemy wants to come in and say, how you can't have a good solid marriage because how you know you come from this that's exactly. impossible and that is what we're talking about that's a lie from the evil one that we have to renounce and i just think that's so beautiful you shared that and with pregnancy i guess for me leading up to it i think anxiety is also from the evil one. We we are not supposed to worry. What does Padre Pio always say? Pray, hope, don't worry. Mm -hmm. Worry is useless is what he says. And, and it is, but you know, the enemy wants to take you down. And that's another bad thing about social media is things we might not see all the time. Um, we see right in front of our eyes, a ton of sadness, a ton of crazy stories, a ton of things that you would just never think about. And then it's right in front of your eyes. So to your point earlier, I need to be producing more and consuming less. That has been my goal this year, but it is hard, sis, let me tell you. So leading up to 
this next delivery, I had two uncomplicated births and I'm very grateful and I know it's a gift. And so of course, you know, you want to feel, how could I possibly do that again? So I'm just going to renounce that and say, anything's possible with God. I just have to trust. And he, I think he allows this imposter syndrome too, so that we have him, so that we lean on him and trust in him, not ourselves. Because do you think I can go into labor by myself and have a baby? But no, I I couldn't do any of this, anything without him. And I know you feel the same way. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I think that like any sort of like you said, I was, and I was recently talking to somebody about this, like, um, and we need to do an episode, a follow-up episode on this, but like how much, you know, of anxiety disorder or, you know, mental, emotional issues are, are, are just that and how much of it is spiritual warfare. And right. I was never into spiritual warfare. I, I didn't even know what that was. And I think I probably, my old self probably thought that was creepy. <laughs> But the more I read about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is real. And like the more you read about it and you pray about it and you read these prayers and you come to realize that we are in a spiritual world. Like we're not just in a physical world where there is a spiritual realm to this world. And just like we can let goodness into our life, we can absolutely allow evil into our life. And it's so, um, I guess like, what I'm saying is like the fringe is so sensitive. Like I never mm-hmm. realized how easily you can allow something negative into your life. Um, it oh can really be something you listen to, something you watch, uh, someone you're around. And next thing you know, like you've let a negative thought in your mind. You've let something into your marriage or your house. And with all this stuff we're talking about with endeavors and trying to be the best versions of ourselves that we can be, I think an important part of that is like sealing. So this is a phrase that I've realized and learned through all this spiritual warfare stuff is like you have to like seal the perimeter of your life. Like you have to like obviously renounce anything in your life that is keeping you from being, you know, close to Christ, the best version of yourself, everything um, associated with that. And then you really have to like seal yourself off from the rest of the stuff. So whether that's like being around certain people or, you know, being consumed, like consuming certain things, like all of that is so important, I think, in terms of being like the purest version of yourself in order to be producing what you want to produce. And, and that's why like there's been, I've had all these ideas that I've shared with Ken's about um, wanting to like put out certain content, like new stuff that I've never done really, or maybe I've been on the edge of of going hardcore on certain topics and I haven't. And the reason why is because I've really tried to pray like, okay, like what spirit is this coming from? And like, Mm -hmm. is it a good spirit? Like, or is it a bad spirit? Like, and that kind of, that's a scary thought that like we, if we don't discern, which I didn't always discern things in my past, I just kind of did whatever, right. And said whatever. And now I'm at a place where I'm like, I really want to make sure that I'm like co-creating with God and doing what he wants of me, but Mm -hmm. it's not easy. It's like, it takes quiet. It takes stillness and it takes um, time rather than just like throwing things out there. Totally. And yeah, our next episode, you guys will be on the discernment of spirits. I've been um, reading a lot about Timothy Gallagher, father Timothy Gallagher, and he 
writes on this and he it's all about Ignatius um, spirituality and how we really, there's like 14 rules when it comes to it, which I still need to learn a little bit more about, but B is right. Like you don't think about it until you have to think about it. Like you go your whole life. How scary is that without discerning where this is coming from? Mm -hmm. And, and I love that you're taking it into your work and into your next passion project. And I think if we all take a step back every moment, we should be constantly, um, in conversation with God. And that is, you know, hard to get to. That's a level I pray someday I will find, but be is right. Like finding that stillness and creating that time and really asking before, like, does this make me feel good? Does this bring me ease? Or is this making me feel anxious, worried? I have to do it right now. Mm-hmm. Those are two very distinct, different feelings and one is from God and one is from not. And so we are so excited to talk about that on the next episode. I've been thinking about it since we've been talking about it, which has been for a bit now and it really changes your life. But I love, what did you say be the ceiling? Is it like sealing your house? What did you just say? Yeah. So, um, I think like it's part of the prayers that you pray basically. Um, yeah. so there's like different, obviously different books that you can get for, um, spiritual warfare, discern, discernment of spirits, all that. Um, but I think it's Father Ripperberger. I know I'm saying his name wrong, but it's like Father Ripperberger, whoever wrote the discernment of spirits. Um, oh, wait, I have it right here so you can say it again. Hold on. And I know I'm butchering it. Here, but. You're right, Father Chad Ripper. Wait, Ripperger. Ripperger. Yep. Yes. So the, the prayers in that book talk a lot about how like – you renounce the evil or you renounce the negative that's like in your life that you're trying to get rid of. And then you have to actually seal yourself. Like yes. you're sealing yourself in the prayer. You're sealing yourself like moving forward. And, um, and actually Jill, who was on one of our retreats, our recent retreat, she talked about that too, how like it's so important not just to pray, to be, um, like even imposter syndrome, honestly, if we're talking about a spiritual realm, that could come from like a negative spirit, right? Like mm-hmm. a spirit of doubt, like a spirit mm-hmm. of like not believing that you are mm-hmm. worthy, right? Mm-hmm. And so like if you're praying for those things to leave you, then you have to actually like seal seal the prayer with saying like, okay, now that this, now that I renounce this, I'm actually closing my heart to anything that is in that negative space. And I'm only allowing like anything of God to come in. And, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's so interesting. I mean, I feel like I could, I still have so much to learn, but yeah. I think it's really cool too, how like you're supposed to pray with your spouse. That's really important mm-hmm. to like not be praying by yourself. If you are by yourself, there's like other people in your life who can pray over you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, it's so cool to me. It is. It really changes the game. It really changes the way you think and what what you, what you let into your your personal house, your like your soul, but also mm-hmm. your home. <laughs> like like we I become careful to let, as to what we let in our home. And B and I talk about this all the time, you guys, like what we let our kids watch. Oh my goodness. Have, yeah. have I become one of those who's very like... I discern that. And you honestly, you have to, because we have these little vessels in our home, these little ways of the evil one that he, he will find a way to get in, especially the closer you get to 
I don't want to say holiness, but where you're supposed to be, honestly, mm-hmm. it's almost um, harder the more you're getting into this stuff. Because so you have like to be veil is lifted almost. Absolutely. And you're like, oh my gosh. And I also think it's almost like a spiritual sensitivity. Like once yeah. you pray through these things and you start to go deeper down the rabbit hole, basically, of mm-hmm. spiritual warfare and all of it, like you realize like you become spiritually sensitive to things. And mm-hmm. when you watch something or your your kids are watching something, you almost realize, oh, I know what the I know what the intention was behind them putting that in there. Yes. And but then you you talk to people who are not spiritually sensitive at all. Like <laughs> many people walk around and they're very spiritually callous. And who knows? It's, it could be because of things they've let into their life. It could be because of experiences that they haven't renounced in their own life. Um, but it's very interesting to me how you can almost very, very quickly um, immediately know if someone is more on the spiritually sensitive side or if they are like callous and have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Right. And it, and it goes with imposter syndrome. B. I, I think I t- truly believe, and I read about it, that the evil one, well, he, he just doesn't care of, um, to attack that to attack the yes. ones that don't, that exactly. doesn't affect them almost. And it might be the same with imposter syndrome. So I almost want to say to anyone who's listening to this, um, who feels these things we're feeling or, you know, suffers with doubt or, or fear, or, um, I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm unworthy mm-hmm. to be loved. Like you almost need to, first of renounce. all, renounce it. And secondly, mm-hmm. be like, okay, I think I'm on the right path because someone's trying to attack me here. Yes, so yes. I see you and I'm going to renounce that. Get behind me, Satan, Jesus, mm-hmm. in, the, in the name of Jesus Christ, um, please take away this spirit, you know, and, and you literally say that out loud. But honestly, it's, it's kind of a, you should be impressed with yourself, people. <laughs> if you, if yes. this. Like it, it's okay. You're not alone and, and, and you're on the right I, path. I was recently talking to a friend who was like, um, who, I don't know how we were on this topic, but basically we were talking about, essentially we didn't use the phrase imposter syndrome, but we were talking about how people of faith who are like climbing their mountain, who are like pursuing whatever it is that they know they were meant to do. Mm-hmm. Like they are often going to be attacked far worse than mm-hmm. someone who doesn't have faith. That's someone who does not know the truth because wow. like, why, why would a robber, rob an empty house. You know, they're only going to, they're only going to rob a house that's full. And so the evil one, like, just like the book, um, oh my gosh, what's the C.S. Lewis book that we love? Screwtape. How like we, you know, it's obviously a fiction, it's a fiction book, but in it, he kind of illustrates that like, we all have this kind of like demon on our shoulder that are, that's constantly Mm -hmm. trying to find ways to, you know, get us down, to get us in a, in a a depressed mood or to Mm -hmm. get us doubt ourselves or even just like be snippy to our family members. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes in the book, he talks about how like the demon would get so mad the the closer their person was getting to holiness and they would get more agitated. And in conversation with like their higher demons, they'd be like, I really got to like, I got to come up with a new a plan because this person is like not listening to me. Oh, and yeah. even though it was totally made up, C.S. Lewis made this whole book up. It's, it's so like, good. It's so good because it's like so true. Like the closer you get to your greatness, you hear like these voices that are like, you're not worthy. You you don't deserve this and you can't do it. So whether it's like before giving birth or just starting a new endeavor, um, 
or in your marriage or, you know, your spouse's new um, accomplishments. It's like all of us need to be constantly building each other up because we have these other voices. And that's why it's like so important to have a squad. Like, thank God we have you guys because God, I have my squad. (laughs) You gotta have your squad. Like even if they're small, like find somebody who can speak truth into your life in the moments that you're going to doubt yourself. Exactly. Especially I will just say this in the most humble way I can B and I are very aware that we will be attacked with these retreats mm-hmm. and, and people have told us this and, um, and I'm thankful for the, the laity and the priests and everyone who have, you know, blessed us so much with, um, just like supporting us on this crazy endeavor, but we aren't stopping. So mm-hmm. <laughs> get behind me. So <laughs> not today. Satan. <laughs> hey, Satan, I got my weapon. It's called a rosary. Um, and yeah, and, and that's going to be hard. And, I think when you're doing it for the mission, which we are doing it for the mission right now, the ministry, um, it's, it's going to be hard, but I think everything good is hard. And so it's okay. It's worth it. So to, I almost said to burning the candle up. (laughs) Can that just be the quote we use every, (laughs) is there something like that in Latin? (laughs) It's so true. Our um, patron saint, JP, too, of the family and Fulton Sheen. But yeah, no, to, to anyone who's going through this, it's all right. You're not alone. We're with you. We'll be your squad. Absolutely. And okay, so I don't know if this verse, this is one of my like all-time favorite verses. I don't know if it actually has to do with imposter syndrome, but I have always treated this verse as like anything – any dream you're going for or any, any endeavor that you're going for. But it's the verse in Luke um, 9, 61 through 62 that says, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And Oof. so I don't know. I actually like have not studied Luke enough to know what the um, meaning behind it is, but I have always interpreted this verse as like, no matter what life brings me, like I am not going to look back. Like I'm going to put my hand to the plow and keep going because whenever we look back, like that's when the doubt comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when we're going to start to think like, oh my gosh, like, but wait, I, I need to learn all these other skills before I do this. Then you'll never start. Exactly. Right. And God is just saying, put your hand to the plow, move forward. And like, I'm going to give you what you need. Um, So wow. and that was for all of us. And like, thank God we have you guys because, you Same. know, we're plowing this. Yeah. We're plowing together on our farm. And Luke is that had and to be why you named your sweet angel in heaven, Luke. Says that oh. is such a good verse. You guys got to write that down, and you probably already have it on a, oh. a beautiful frame. Otherwise, uh, I gotta Luke send it. Full of nuggets. That's such a goodie, and I think that is the perfect place to end because I feel so inspired by that verse. Like we can cool. do anything. Anyone listening who is going through this, like obviously if if I'm going through it, if Ken's is going through it, if Colin and Johnny are going through it and all four of us have been talking about this, like we just know there's other people out there who might be feeling this. And so, you know, if you're feeling imposter syndrome in any way, shape or form, find a Bible verse, like, like write it on a sticky note, put it on your mirror um, and just like pray, pray with that, sit with that and know that like 
God has big plans for you and there's only one person who wants to take them away and to keep you down. And he is, he is not for your good. So, and say that again, B, because this is, I I just, sorry. And then I swear we're done. There is only one person who wants to take it down. And so if you feel like you're, you're competing with anybody else or someone's going to get there before you, or someone's doing better than you, that is not them. They are on an entirely different course than you. That is evil. Everything, like you cannot never blame the person. It is from evil. So I love that you said that, sis. Amen. And I, th- I think that it's easy to just to not think about that. And then yeah. and then you get a chip on your shoulder about that person or Amen. about whoever it is you're looking at. And it's like, it's not about them. And it was never mm-hmm. about them. Mm-hmm. It's about him trying to get you down. And so like you said before, and we can end here, if you are being attacked in doubt in any way, shape, or form, it is like the highest compliment. It is basically saying like he knows that your greatness is there, and so he's going to point his sword at your greatness. So mm. stay strong, guys. We love you, and we'll see you next week. Amen. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Unraveled Podcast. To stay a part of the conversation, follow us on Instagram at Unraveled Podcast or on Spotify at The Unraveled Podcast. Thanks for listening.